1: so much of of what happened and what you're going to project say in that first performance you know on opening night had to do with everything you prepared for and every everything you implemented all of your organization that you put in in the preparation of the offseason
2: if there's an area that a team can capitalize on especially in the early season It is special teams. That means being very organized in the way you operate. There's nothing worse than having to use a timeout to get guys on the field or getting a penalty for too many men on the field. But more than that, it's about having attention to the details. That doesn't mean you need to be complex. It simply means that you have created a sound structure and you're able to implement it well. Today we talk with retired NFL special teams coach Bobby April, who was recognized for his excellent work as a special teams coach of the year in 2004 and 2008. Charlie Coyner, who spent 19 years in college football and the NFL with a focus on special teams. And Brett Arkelian, who is an analyst and special teams coach now for Fresno State. We talk about simple ways to gauge special team success, preparing for the unusual on special teams and specific ways to coach your kicker, And punter, especially if your background is not kicking and punting. What you see on tape is a direct reflection of what you teach and how you teach. Video is important, but if you don't teach well, you're not going to like what you see on your video. First Down Playbook has been helping coaches teach better for 13 years. It allows you to present installs, playbooks, and practice cards in half the time with NFL quality. Coaching tools like video pairing, to receive a $100 discount off the normal $700 First Down Playbook team membership price. Links and the phone number are in the show notes. First up is Brett R. Kelly, an analyst and special teams coach at Fresno State. He shares a simple way to think about creating success for your kicker and punter, and gives recommendations on drills and reps.
3: What are some key things that I can really focus on with my specialist if I don't know anything about it? to make sure we're getting them the the best success rate. I mean, for field goal kickers, we're just, the easy way to start is contact. So I had a kicking coach, Coach Hicks here, Reedley College in California, and his thing was your approach can be messed up, your fall through can be all over the place. But 90% of the time, if you make good contact with that ball, Keith, you're going to have a chance to put the ball through the uprights. So I mean, there's you look at the NFL, there's a lot of different um, swings and a lot of different – Uh, fundamentals that players have but if you can get the contact portion down you've got a chance Well, what does that look like that looks like having uh, you know a plant foot that is 12 inches away from the ball and having a wide plant that's having your ankle locked out at contact John Carney will talk about open intermediate and closed I don't really care how the foot looks as long as the knee is locked out and the toe is pointed down and locked out Um, I always tell our guys, do you want to hit the ball with a sledgehammer or a wet pool noodle, right? You want the sledgehammer, which means everything is locked out, the ankle's not loose, you're making good contact. And then a slight lean away from the ball is kind of what I've preached to our guys, allowing that that right hip as a right-footed kicker to clear up and through the ball I think is really important. So what's a way to drill that? Well, one of the first drills we'll do is, take the kickers and, and have one of them get on a knee and we just call it, uh, you know, lockout kicks or have them go to the goalpost and do goal post kicks and really working on keeping that ankle locked on contact, feeling that feeling, that proprioception, feeling understanding what muscle controls what and keeping that ankle locked out on contact. If we can do that right 90% of the time, we got a shot Keith. And then, The other thing with that is our steps and our approach to the ball and then the fall through and the steps just come from every day. You know, they can't kick for three and a half hours. It just doesn't work like that. And you'll have a walkthrough period at night. Well, those kickers need to be taking their steps every day, making sure we'll put tape down for their plant foot, the contact point. You know, they'll take their three steps back. They'll put a piece of tape down directly at the very top of their foot and two steps over And that with making sure they have the same steps and approach every time. It's just like a good shooter in basketball, right? Steph Curry, why is he so good? Well, he has such an efficient movement and motions the same every time. That's what we're trying to replicate as kickers. And then making sure our follow through is directly at the target, not across our body. So just a lot of dry runs, which means kicking without the ball, taking our steps. And we'll have our guys do 100 to 150 reps in a day during camp whether that's from the morning practice session or walkthrough, I think is so important for those guys. For punters, it's all about hands. You know, you hear jugs Machine, I'm always interested too. What's another way we can um, push these guys, create a new drill? A lot of good drills with punters start with hands and catching the ball out in front, whether that's getting them on jugs, having them catch tennis balls, we'll do a laces, spaces drill where it's concentration, Keith, and working the hands where they got to catch the ball in front and they got to say laces or spaces. And they got to say see what part of the ball is pointed up. So you're working the concentration aspect and the hands aspect. And the biggest thing with that is getting that ball to the launch point as soon as possible. Uh, we talked about like pitchers in baseball, right? They're, the best pitchers in baseball are able to hide that ball for as long as they can behind their body. And then all of a sudden a hitter will see it at the last second and that's hard to hit, right? Well, the same thing with punters, it's a lot harder to hit the ball. If you don't get the ball to your launch point as soon as possible, if you catch it in your chest and it takes a long time to get out to your drop location, which would be about right off the hip, maybe a little bit higher than your waist in between your, your nipples and your waist. So we want to be almost like a bad pitcher in baseball. Show them the ball the whole time, right? Be able to see it and track the ball. It's a lot easier for a punter to hit a good punt. So catch that ball out in front, get it directly outside your hip. And as you're taking those full two steps, you're looking at the the nipple of the ball or the eye in Adidas and you're ready to just crush the ball. I think for those specialists, those are two good ways you can work on fundamentals and get started early. Again, when we talk about special teams units in general, working on your first step, making sure that we're not taking any false steps and we're really hammering the fundamentals of, of really just fundamental movement. That's where it starts, and especially here at Pheasant State under John Baxter. We work on teaching them football skills and movement skills before we even teach special teams stuff. And I think that's super beneficial to our guys.
2: As coaches, we know that some of the biggest hurdles to our team's success can come from off the field. Your team needs support to tackle the endless list of expenses, uniforms, training equipment, travel, and more. But raising that money can feel like a full-time job. Thankfully, there's Vertical Raise. Vertical Raise is the premier online fundraising platform using innovative technology to create the easiest and most efficient system available. Raise more money in less time with a local fundraising coach who works with your team every step of the way to customize the ideal fundraiser. With options for online donations, digital discount cards, premium product sales, and even spirit shops, Vertical Raise has top-of-the-line solutions for every fundraising style. To find out more, visit verticalraise.com and we'll get you connected with an exclusive offer on your first fundraiser. Next, we talk with Charlie Coiner. Coach Coiner gives insight into preparing for the unusual plays and fakes that come up in a game and the importance of a sound structure for organization And teaching of your special teams units?
0: Well, anytime you get into special teams, in in my opinion, with a a fake or, uh, you know, with getting an onside kick or anything like that, it's going to get back to a lot of your preparation uh, in the offseason. But the way you present your team with your content and with your uh, game plan is a part of it. So, an example, when we were, see, with special teams, we always, tried to make sure that our defensive players, our people in the punt return, had a number that correlated with the number of the punt teams. Because with Shield Punt, you've got these people spread, you got motion, you got them all over the place. It's an offensive play. So we always felt like we had to make our defenders, because they were linebackers and defensive backs and people like that, that wasn't their main thing. They had to understand that I'm an L2, I'm an R2, I, and, and I'm responsible for this person. I'm a force player because I don't want the guy standing back there all day holding the punt. So, to me, it's a lot how you structure things like that. Same thing with the swinging gate. I mean, with with a swinging gate and and formations all over the place, you need to have the ability to teach your team on defense, count outside in, one, two, three, both sides, one, two, three, and you're going to get to the core and you're going to end up with a a holder and a kicker most times. And so, when they spread out to the swinging gate, you got to keep those same those same principles. So, to me, it's keeping it simple and making sure that you always want to be aggressive on special teams, like anything else, but aggressive only to the point to where you're sound and, and the system that you put in has to be sound.
2: As maybe you see some things that can present. Okay, if they're in this formation, here's the possibilities for fake. You know, we always talk about not chasing ghosts, but on special teams, especially because just the sample size is smaller. Do you do anything to 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 present some of the what ifs, or is it just simply, you know, here's here's our base rules in defending this?
0: I personally, just because, if, and I've never coached down a high school football in my life, but I can only imagine that they don't have as much time as a college coach would have, and a college coach does not have as much time as an NFL coach. So, to me, I think you have to be very careful not to chase ghosts. I think it gets back to what I just said about being sound, making sure you cover the eligibles. Now, the part where you – I don't consider it chasing ghosts if in the offseason or prior to the game you do some research on who you're playing. And, you know, you know this guy is going to do this or he's done this. Uh, Dave Togue, who I worked with, who's now with the Chiefs and I worked with at the Bears special things, was big on that of just keeping a library of, of you know, this guy, you know, because the NFL coaches move all over the place. And, you know, it, he would go back and look at this guy was at the Eagles, this guy was at the Chargers, and, and he did this. And so that would be something that I would do. But But you have to be careful. A high school coach or a college coach, oftentimes you do not have the time to do that. So you just better be sound.
2: I've always been interested in the use of technology to make our jobs more effective so I'm excited to continue sharing modern football technology with you here on the podcast. This innovative system leverages tendencies to improve self-scouting, game planning, and in-game decision-making at the speed of the game. Modern football stands out because it's a battle-tested platform used by teams at all levels, like four-time national champion Bishop Gorman, the five-time California state champion Folsom Bulldogs, six-time Texas state champion Lake Travis, Cal football, and the CFL's Grey Cup champions, the Montreal Alouettes. So book a demo today to see why these teams trust modern football technology. Visit www.teammofo.com slash demo and mention coaching coordinator podcast or use the coupon code CC10 to receive 10% off your first year. We finished with retired NFL special teams coach Bobby April. In a world of analytics and statistics, it's easy to get lost in numbers and get a false sense of success, especially in special teams' role in playing complementary football. Coach April shares two important numbers in determining how successful your team is in playing complementary football with the special teams' units.
1: So much of what happens throughout the season, but particularly early in the season, is things that you've done in the off season. <laughs> That success of the special teams is no different than, you know, nature, a, a tree growing. You know, all the ingredients need to be there and, and they're all brought there in the off season. So, so much of, uh, you know, personnel, the evaluation of personnel, your, your playbook, all of that is done by your organization and how you're going to implement uh, the things that they need to do well. And from the NFL standpoint, it's a little different college. There's a procurement of talent that goes into how well you're gonna play, obviously. And that all happens in the offseason. So so much of, of what happened and what you're you you know, what you're gonna project, say in that that first performance, you know, on opening night had to do with everything you prepared for and every everything you implemented, all of your organization that you put in, in the preparation of the off season. Cause once you get into the season, you know, you have a very short time to prepare for a game in the off season, you know, you're preparing for an entire season. So, so, so much of it depends on how well you've prepared, like I say, from January to, to the end of July or the beginning of August.
2: What are the key things I guess that you focus on, you know, metrics-wise, or um, any kind of numbers that, to you, are indicators of of success of your special teams, or give you some ideas, maybe about, you know, what here's an area we need to get better in.
1: In today's world, the analytics have become a a bigger and and bigger part. My coming up and, and so forth. We always had you know a goal for each particular area, and that was a way of measuring whether we were successful or not. And then we, in the NFL, anyway, we had so much help with the statistical end and, and the ranking end of where we were at in the league. So always to be in the, you know, in the top five, the top 10 was still a success, but anything other than that, it was not considered successful. So, we would gauge ourselves basically on how we rated statistically in the league and how we rated uh, toward our own goal. And, and some, of that, some of that is kind of unique, the kickoff return. Our emphasis was always on our starting point, but not so much the return average. So our starting point was always huge. And that's because, you know, a lot of things can happen in the return games. In the same way with the punts, you know, we, we gauged net punt, opponent net punt, more than we put an onus on return average. Now, publicly, the return average is going to be the one that you receive your honoring glamour for, publicity-wise and print-wise and even perception-wise. But But really, where our offense got the ball, the greatest advantage was more important to us. So if we had a poor punt return average, maybe uh, in a game, but the opponent net was 30 yards a punt. Man, we were we were really delighted at that. So some of those things, you know, the, the statistics and our own personal goals, the analytical part of of that, which is happening today with so much analytics and and everything else. I was never really big on that. I'm not saying it's not any good. Uh, I just didn't come up in an era where uh, crunching all these numbers was anything that I knew a lot about, nor did I use. I I, kind of stayed a little bit more simple.
2: Being special on special teams is certainly reliant on having the jimmies and Joes like in any other phase of the game. However, the attention to details and organization on special teams is definitely a way to excel and has a big impact, maybe even more so than it does in the other phases. We will share more special teams insight and tips throughout the season. Be sure to check the show notes for related episodes with these coaches and go to coachingcoordinator.com for our entire catalog of the season. Shorter episodes full of ideas from over 50 coaches who we interviewed in preparation for this series. Also sign up for our weekly tip sheet which runs down the ideas we share each week.